Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to Ready Gator One, a UFGDA podcast. I am your host, Anthony Bonet, the resident and local treasurer, or master of coin, as I like to call it. Treasurer has kind of a, I guess, a boring kind of a sound to it. So, you know, I like tre- master of coin, you know, visions of, you know, you're next to a king. Maybe you have some armor running a kingdom, you know, a wench or two. Yeah. More exciting, more exciting than treasure for sure. But yeah, what is UFGDA? Well, let's get the first two letters out of the way. UF stands for University of Florida. That is where our club, GDA, Game Developers Association, resides. But I should remind everybody that we are in no way associated or affiliated. This is not sponsored by the University of Florida. Very important to get that out of the way. So GDA, Game Developers Association, we are a student-run club full of student game developers as the name which suggests, and we meet together on our Discord server, and we just talk about game development, we get together, we work on things, and overall we just have a very fun time, very, very fun time, and uh, we learn about things. Very educational experience. Yeah, if you want to check that out, you can go ahead and do that. You can check out our Instagram, at UFGDA. We are posting some updates on our current event right now, 100 Days of Game Dev. That started on May 1st. Yes, on May 1st, that started. So we're on our sixth day right now, as at the time of recording, and we're getting many people participating in that, many people making progress. Now, what is 100 Days of Game Development? Well, it is a 100-day marathon, I'll call it, uh, where people are encouraged to make progress every day for these 100 days. And well, really what the progress is measured is with points. Every day that you post something, you get a point, and the first person to 100 points wins this awesome, awesome, really dope stainless steel 3D printed trophy with our club logo and your name on it. It's a really great time, having a lot of fun so far. I know that I, for one, am getting a lot out of it, and I'm really enjoying seeing people participate in that. So really do go check that out. All right, so that does it for some housekeeping. Now let's get into get into what we're playing. I'm playing a couple things. I'm kind of in a rut right now. I'm not kind of experiencing some burnout. So I'm kind of just perusing, kind of perusing my backlog a little bit, going back to old games. One of the games I'm playing right now is MLB The Show 17. Yes, I know the year is 2021. 21 just came out, but hey, it's basically the same game every year. So I'm content with The Show 17. Yeah, baseball season is back, and uh, I just wanted to play this and get some uh some baseball fix in there it's just some mindless fun but the way that i like to play is i don't do any of the diamond dynasty stuff any of you know the fifa ultimate team type of gameplay i just kind of i create my own character i do the road to the show game mode where you have your you play out your own career and <laughs> basically what i do i just i put that sucker on beginner mode because i absolutely suck at hitting and i just go to town i hit like three home runs every game like in a season i'll hit like 200 home runs 300 rbis and i just destroy everyone in my path i like to think that my player is the best player in history but (laughs) secretly undergoing a a a steroid scandal um so a little bit of rping in that in that respect so that's kind of what i'm um diving into right now i'm also interesting thing here i'm also watching my friend play the last of us so uh, you know um, it's human nature to want to introduce people, you know, your friends to things that you love, right? Like there's such a hard on that you get for getting people to love the things that you think are amazing. Well, to me, to me, The Last of Us is one of those things. And I have a friend who doesn't have a PS4 and never played The Last of Us and came over one uh, one night and I just had him play the first like five hours or so. And man, he loved it. I loved watching him love it. It's been great. 
So I'm excited to continue that. And I also just started um, Resident Evil 7, like literally just last night. And man, I'll tell you what, really atmospheric game. Really, really interesting. So for my first Resi game, this might be the one to break my video game burnout. We'll see. It's been a while since I've finished a game. I've been close to finishing games. But really, ever since I played The Last of Us Part 2, I haven't finished anything. So we'll see if Resi 7 is the uh, is the first one. All right, so let's get into what we're creating. Like I said, uh, I kind of alluded to this uh, before when I talked about the 100 Days of Game Dev that we're doing in, in GDA, but I'm getting to some 3D modeling. I found this really cool tutorial by CG Fast Track where uh, the first the first part is, you know, you make a little structure just to get things started, and then the second and third part, you make a this really cool sword with a really, like, kind of photorealistic finish on it and a nice uh, little cinematic render in part three. Man, I'm really, I'm really liking, I'm really liking this 3D modeling stuff. Blender is just a, such a powerful tool. And I'm really, you know, I'm really excited to keep getting into it. And, and I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for this 100 day stuff, then you know, maybe I would have gotten into it, but I wouldn't have gotten into it with the same fervor that I have now, where every day I'm like, oh man, I got to do something else. Blender, if you haven't, if you've never tried it out, pretty cool hobby to get into. It's not really intensive on your computer at all. I have a, a tiny little Asus Vivo book, a, uh, a little laptop, and man, this little sucker just keeps chugging along. It, it huffs and puffs, but it gets through. It gets through. I'll tell you what. All right, so enough chit-chatting. Let's get into the meat of the show, the news, the news, the news, the news. All right, so our first piece here is PlayStation's new partnership with Discord. So, Sony confirmed in a blog post on May 3rd that they will be partnering with the young and hip communication platform Discord to, quote, bring the Discord and PlayStation experiences closer together on console and mobile, end quote. This new relationship goes beyond simple partnership, however, as the post also states that SIE has made a minority investment in Discord during its Series H round. Now, I can't help but think that this is a direct middle finger to Microsoft, right? Sony's been under Microsoft boot ever since the Bethesda deal was completed. It seems that every week is not only full of good news for Microsoft, but also bad news for Sony. You know, Sony had the the whole PS3 and PS Vita store closures that they've just got a bunch of blowback from. It's just been a kind of been a bad time to be on the on the Sony side of things. And so now Sony comes around with this, and now you know, this is nowhere near what the Bethesda deal was. You know, it's not like they're buying Discord or anything. You know, it's not even a huge share of Discord. Discord's a minority share, right? But it does come on the heels of those rumors uh, where Discord was in talks of selling and after they bowed out from a deal with Microsoft. Uh, and that's what I think makes this piece of news significant. You know, Discord being integrated into home consoles is, is exciting, but I'm more surprised by how seemingly reactionary Sony is being. Deals take time, so it's not like Sony started pursuing Discord when they heard Microsoft was in talks with them. No, I don't think that's what happened. But I'm sure there were people on that negotiating team trying extra hard to score this off of Microsoft. Sony really needs, they really needed a win and they've been kind of needing a win for a while, you know, while they wait for their first party exclusives or PS5 exclusives to start rolling out. We're starting to get that. Returnal just came out. Uh, Ratchet and Clank is right around the corner. But until until all that stuff comes, you know, Microsoft is kind of on top right now in the kind of PR cycle. So console wars are heating up and we'll get that in this next piece right here. Microsoft Explore reducing its Xbox store cut to shake up console gaming. The Verge published a document from Microsoft showing that they at one point considered reducing the cut made from digital sales on its Xbox storefront to just 12%. This would be a staggering move 
considering that all three console manufacturers currently take a 30% cut on sales made on their respective stores. The document in question also detailed a similar arrangement for its PC games with the catch that Microsoft has granted the ex exclusive streaming rights. As explained in the Verge's article, quote, the streaming right clause would mean developers have to ensure games are available on xCloud for this improved revenue cut, end quote. It is important to note that a Microsoft spokesperson has denied that they will be changing the revenue split for console manufacturers, and the split, while the split will be changing for PC, there is no indication of them issuing the streaming rights clause. So Microsoft just continues to swing around its big sack of cash. This really is something that only Microsoft can do, and it shows their commitment to streaming more than anything else. I mean, if anybody needed more confirmation of Microsoft's focus on Game Pass, then this is it, ladies and gentlemen. The fact of the matter is, is that Xbox isn't important financially to Microsoft as a whole. It's not like Sony, where PlayStation is Sony's golden goose. By Xbox to Microsoft, not so much. And it's like Microsoft is starting to lean into that for the first time in Xbox's history. They've realized that they can just play with house money, go into a full-on volume objective, and get as many users and developers and publishers as they can. And this puts Sony in a real bad position, much more than does Nintendo. Nintendo's in their own little world right now, and they have been for a while, and Nintendo could even stand to gain from anything that Microsoft does with all the rumors of Game Pass coming to, to Switch. But Sony, Sony was at the top of the entirety of the last generation. And that really, unfortunately, as much as it had to do with their excellent catalog of uh, first-party exclusives, it also had to do with Xbox shooting themselves in the foot of the Xbox One launch. Xbox became the underdog, and when a trillion-dollar company is the underdog, then they have all the room in the world to do really consumer-friendly stuff. And the thing about consumer-friendly stuff is that the richer the company is, the more wiggle room they have to take a hit and make consumers happy. So a trillion-dollar company like Microsoft, yeah, they have the room to shell out a lot of money to get exclusives and day one access on Game Pass. They have the money to reduce their cut that they take on their store to make their platform a lot more appealing to developers and kind of put the pressure on Sony a little bit to maybe follow in the same way. We'll see how Sony responds to this. Man, this is really this is <laughs> really starting to heat up here. I'm I'm a, I'm kind of a sucker for the console wars, you know. Uh, they can get, they can get toxic, but at least on the on the business level, you know, the 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 executives flinging arrows back and forth. I love it. I think it's super interesting and it's really good for the industry and for the consumer as well. We want to see these two guys, these two companies duking it out. So yeah, I'd keep an eye out on on this in the future. Especially since Microsoft never denied that the document was inaccurate. So whether or not they were going to do this, but they decided not to or whatever, they never denied that it was accurate. So the document existed. All right, let's move on to number three. A Twitter post by Simon Carlos, a games journalist and advisor to game publisher No More Robots, shows a table leaked from Epic in their lawsuit against Apple. This chart shows how much money Epic spent to acquire the free games it offered on the Epic Game Store over a nine-month period from December 2018 to September 2019. In total, they spent a total of $11,658,000 to offer games such as Subnautica, Enter the Gungeon, and the Batman Arkham series for free. Users redeemed 104,579,840 copies of these games, meaning that Epic spent just around 11 cents per unit. 
These deals resulted in 4,924,213 new Epic accounts, with Epic only spending a user acquisition cost of $2.37. Now that last point there, that last point is the curly fry in the basket for Epic. Because of course, the only reason that they gave these games away is to attract more people to their platform. I deliberately put this after that Microsoft story too, because this just shows the kind of behemoths that we're dealing with in the game industry right now. There's a lot of money going around. Okay. I didn't put this in, in I didn't put this in the, the news rollout. Maybe I should have. Fortnite made Epic $9 billion in 2020. $9 billion with a B. Okay, not to mention that they have this little piece of software called Unreal Engine that they license to devs every now and then. You know, I don't know if you've heard of it, but yeah, you know, there there's a lot of money floating around here and man, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I, I, I talk a lot about Sony because you know, I am a little bit of a PlayStation fanboy, but, <laughs> you know, I, I'm interested to see where this puts companies like Sony in the future. You know, where where will they stand? around all this money because a sony corporation yes it's a multinational conglomerate but they have nowhere near as much money as epic or microsoft i mean nine billion dollars from fortnite just from fortnite alone that it can't be understated so what is epic doing with all that money well in number four epic acquires artstation gamesindustry.biz reports that epic has acquired the portfolio and art sharing site artstation the terms of the deal were not disclosed but one can assume that those at the helm of artstation are many times richer than they were before the biggest change on the business side is that epic will be reducing the storefronts cut from 30 percent to 12 percent to quote bring it in line with what epic takes from revenues generated by third-party developers on the Epic Game Store, end quote. In a statement, Epic says, quote, by joining forces, the ArtStation and Unreal Engine teams will be able to empower the creative community with expanded tools, resources, and connections, end quote. So that's an interesting set of numbers there, right? 30% to 12%. I guess those are just the magic numbers when it comes to revenue splits in the games industry. Um, I didn't include this for the business aspect, though. It's interesting stuff, but I more so wanted to highlight this as a, an outlook towards some more exciting opportunities to come on our station. Now, I myself just heard of this site this past semester in my Principles of Digital Visualization class, shout out, and it already was a superb site. I was really astonished by all the all the people on there and how legit it was. Like It's kind of like LinkedIn for artists, and it was really cool. So now, now ArtStation getting some of those V-Bucks in the coffers, now that's definitely not gonna hurt. Um, exciting opportunity uh for artists on there in the future we'll see what comes of that and now last but not least number five gamestop opening a new u.s east coast fulfillment center what per gamesindustry.biz gamestop is planning the opening of a whopping 700,000 square foot fulfillment center in pennsylvania later this year this is being done to oil the e-commerce branch of their business in response to some relative success in that area in the past year. The article states that, quote, while GameStop's revenues for the year ended January 30 were down 21%, its e-commerce sales were up 191%, end quote. <sighs> I sigh. I sigh with bewildered contempt. Just six months ago, GameStop was continuing its death march unabated. The world was, you know, minus this whole pandemic thing. The world was right. GameStop was dying, just like it's been for the past many years, right? But then what? Online sales go up, because of course they did, all sales online went up in 2020, and their stock explodes because Reddit pumped and dumped them to the moon 
And now their executives somehow believe that they're the shit again. I slander, you know, I slander, I chastise, but listen, you know, I don't really wish any company anything but success unless they produced, I don't know, like razor flavored candy bars or something. But I just think that GameStop's board is full of people who are a tad deluded, a tad deluded, you know. GameStop really benefited from from some weird stuff, right? Online sales and this, uh, you know, this whole Wall Street Reddit phenomenon. But look, who knows? Maybe they'll be successful, and maybe I'll eat my hat. How about that? If they're successful and they conf- they they complete their metamorphosis into the technology Amazon light company that they want to be, then I'll eat my hat. How about that? All right, so that just about wraps up the news. Uh, let's talk about some game slash software slash course deals for this week. Kind of light, kind of light on the deals this week. Something to note: EA was having a May Fourth deal, uh, May the Fourth deal, where you could get Jedi Fallen Order Deluxe Edition for fifty percent off, Battlefront Two Celebration Edition for seventy percent off, and Squadrons for forty percent off. And uh, they also have those three games bundled for forty-four. 99 so those prices are on pc these prices are even steeper on consoles you can get battlefront 2 on playstation and xbox for just six bucks it's a pretty that's a pretty big steal especially since all the dlc all the expansions were free so you get six bucks and you pay six bucks and you get all the improvements that they made after the fact and you know that game definitely did not start off on the right foot but dice really turned that around and really one of the biggest tragedies in the past recent years is that they were forced to get off of battlefront 2 and focus on battlefield 6 just when battlefront 2 was beginning to meet people's expectations it hurts it hurts as a star wars fan but nonetheless we have a pretty exciting game now on the other side and you can get that for six bucks and all the other games are cool too i don't i've never played squadrons um but i've heard good things about it uh on PSN. Uh, they're having a sale for Golden Week this week that touches a litany of Japanese games, including Persona 5 Royal for 50% off, Kingdom Hearts All-in-One Package for 75% off, uh, Nier Automata for 50% off, and much, much more. There's Final Fantasy games, there's a bunch, all different types of Japanese games. So if you're a weeb, then you might want to check that out. And also, just to finish up this segment here, uh, I just want to shout out an entire website uh, called CD Keys. CD Keys, I don't know if you've heard of it, but an insane site. An insane site full of deals that, I mean, are just out of bounds. And, you know, you might question the legitimacy of CD Keys. A friend of mine um, has bought games from CD Keys in the past. And, you know, they just give you a key on Steam or whatever. And, I mean, it works. He got, he got a, he's really into Paradox games. So he got, I think it was, uh, he got one of the Crusader Kings games for just five bucks. And I was looking on there the other day and what, Civ 6 was nine bucks, nine bucks. And I think that included like all the, all the DLC as well. You know, there's more than just strategy games on there. You should go ahead and check that out. There's even like, I even saw they have discounts for like PS Plus memberships, which is bonkers, bonkers. It's crazy. Internet's full of exciting and great things. If you have any suggestions, any pointers, any deals that you want to highlight, be sure to write it right in about that in the future. And now as we approach the end of our time together, this is where we would normally have some listener 
feedback, listener mail, mail even though it's not really mail, but you know, whatever. This is where we would normally read any questions, any comments, try to get you guys involved. So right now we don't have that obviously because this is uh, the beginning, right? But in the future, we'd like to have some of you guys a part of the show. So thank you for spending some time with me and going through my rambling and all my uh, all my excitement. Like I said, check GDA out, join our Discord server. You can find a link to that in our Instagram bio. So you should definitely go check out our Instagram. And if you do join, participate in the 100 Days of Game Dev. Really exciting time. You know, there's, there's so much more to game development than just coding. You can really do anything. Even just 10 minutes of your time a day where you make a little piece of pixel art, write something, plan something out, post it, tag us on Instagram or even post in our Discord server, then you'll get a point for that. We're going to be doing in the future so many highlights, so many posts about people who are participating. So don't miss out. Don't miss out on the fun. We're having a lot of fun this summer. Okay, well, once again, thank you for joining me here. I hope you have a good rest of your day or whenever you're listening to this. Have a good one. Bye-bye.